This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Yeah, hello, and welcome in to BetQLU. I'm John Martin. He's RJ Choppy. We're here with you every single week on the BetQL network. Catch us on YouTube, on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Catch us on Twitch. We are everywhere on the Odyssey app with the show. Obviously, since the football season has concluded, we've been uh, focused mostly on college basketball, and that is indeed what we will talk about today. RJ, what's up, brother? What's up, man? Good to be here. Good to have this little show today on a upset special kind of week in college hoops, man. Yeah, that's what it's been. That is exactly what it's been. Um, a lot of variance, it feels like, this year, and a, and a year where, you know, I mean, I've like I've got like maybe two teams right now that um, may, maybe three that I would say like I can trust in the regular season and the rest of it is like any, anything can happen on any given night. But you're right, two, uh, excuse me, three top five teams in college basketball have gone down this week. Let's start with your Tennessee Volunteers, RJ. Uh, you know, this was a year. This was a year where, and look, I'll acknowledge it still could be okay. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to like overreact to the point of just like it, it's too, too far, but this was supposed to be a year where, oh man, now Dalton connects in the picture. Now they have a, you know, big offensive piece and, and, and now, Tennessee's going to finally be able to make a run, and they go down at home to South Carolina as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Does this change to you what Tennessee is or how far they can go? Like, what are we to make of what happened against South Carolina? You know, I think what you make out of it is um, they're still the team that can kind of go in dry spells. Like, that's always been their MO, right? They can – their defense is always going to be there, but they will put up a stinker of an offensive performance on you. And, and they did. I mean, they you know, they they were it, it they did not perform well in the first half offensively, and then they get in the second mm-hmm. half, and it's a free, it's a foul barrage. I mean, I think they had five fouls called up in the first like two or three minutes of the second half, and that puts you know the other team on the line, it allows them to get some points, and then they just were not hitting, and they didn't really get going until a few minutes to go. They got going too late in that game. They do yep. have that guy. They've got that dude in Dalton Connect, but they don't. They still will go through dry spells. Um, that's what you got to deal with. In order for them to win a championship or make the Final Four, they've got to limit those. And South Carolina hit their threes. Uh, Tennessee did not hit their threes. Uh, South Carolina only made like seven field goals in the second half, and they still won. That just goes to yep. show you how many they how many, how they were hitting their free throws. They were making their three-pointers, and Tennessee wasn't, and that was the end of the game. 
You're gonna you're gonna go through dry spells and from beyond the arc. That's that's the great equalizer of the sport, man. Uh, both of the NBA and college basketball, you see nothing but blowouts in the NBA. The playoffs now, one team's on, one team's off every night. I also would say this: like I watched a good bit of it, um, and I know that Tennessee was a big favorite, but. I think I would argue, RJ, that they probably shouldn't have been against the South Carolina team. You know, this is a South Carolina team that beat Kentucky uh, last week. This is a South Carolina team that you know was seventeen and three coming into the coming into the uh, the game. And I think Lamont Paris is doing as good a job in college basketball as anybody. Um, and they have experienced guys on that team, you know. So I don't necessarily like. There's two parts to it for me. I don't think Tennessee fans should be that discouraged by it, I, because I don't. I don't think that should have been a thirteen and a half point line. I think that's probably closer to yeah. six, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I also think South Carolina is good. I think South Carolina is a good friggin' basketball team, and in the SEC, you're just gonna have nights, man. And and Tennessee can make it. You know, they can make it right. They can beat Kentucky. Like, they have so many opportunities to overcome that loss, as bad as it may feel, in the event that it even does feel bad. Um, I don't really change how I feel about Tennessee, mostly because I respect mm-hmm. what South Carolina – I mean, South Carolina's going to be ranked, you know, uh, on Monday. Yeah. They're an eight you know, seed right now. Lenardi's got, Lenardi's got them as an eight seed right now. Like, that's I – mean, you could lose to that. You could lose to an eight seed any night. Exactly right. I mean, it's just a random Tuesday night game. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it, it happens in college basketball. You're not going to go undefeated. Um, so I just don't. I don't really. You know, I don't know if I necessarily believe that Tennessee's like a national title contender. Although maybe I should. Maybe I should get there. But but it doesn't like to me. I don't come away from that thinking. Oh man, I I felt one way about Tennessee, and now I feel something totally different. That's ridiculous. That to me is. Again, getting a little carried away with what the point spread was, because um, I don't think it should have been that that large in the first place. So I just think South Carolina's good. I think South Carolina's well coached. I think they have uh, experienced players, and you know they know what they want to do. And and so a team like that in college basketball is going to win a lot of games. You know, at least yeah. in the regular season. So uh, anyway, that's one of the three top five teams that went down this week. Uh, North Carolina dropped their first game of conference play going down to is that true is the first game of the of acc play yeah uh they're going for 10 and up losing to georgia tech yeah 74 73 uh as nine and a half point favorites north carolina rj was kind of like they were humming along man nobody's really talking about them you know uh and they do go on the road and lose to georgia tech what do you make of north carolina uh dropping that one it's a road game, man. Road games for kids are tough. Like, you know, you go, you go on the road, you go to these conference games, they are not easy. Anybody uh, on the road that you beat uh, in conference, I don't care if it's – I don't care if it's Vanderbilt. I, I don't care who it is. Like, you you take that win and and you just – you put it in your pocket and you go home. Like, that, that's, that's what you do with that one. Now, did they play great? No, they didn't. Uh, you know, what looks worse, that loss – or South Car- or Tennessee losing to South Carolina, or Kentucky losing to Florida. Like, which one looks worse? Like, on paper, that one probably does, but it's a road game. So I kind of throw that. I, you know, I don't really kill them for the road loss. I'm not going to freak out about it. Um, they are a team that can beat anybody in the country on any given night. Like, they, they really can. They can win 
They could win six straight in March uh, and April, but I don't I don't put too much into it. Um, I'm not super concerned about them because of this it's a road game, man. It's just a road game. I, I'm in total agreement, man. I'm in total agreement that you know again. First of all, Davis Sotomayor is doing a hell of a job early on. I know that they're a sub 500 in the ACC, but I know Damon pretty well. He was uh, obviously well. a Memphis Grizzly, and then he was an assistant at Memphis not once but twice uh, under Josh Pastor. So I got to know Damon pretty well and in, in sort of what he's all about. Um, and he, he's just one of the best basketball minds I've ever I've ever had the pleasure of talking to. Um, he was at Pacific before uh, Georgia Tech. Actually, he went to the NBA for a little bit in between stops. But he was at Pacific as a head coach, and they had like academic issues, scholarship reductions that he stepped into and inherited. It was just a mess. Um, and he still won some games there. But now I think the world is going to really see, you know, what he's capable of, which is leading a program um, to relevancy. And Georgia Tech's a hard job, you know, just because you're there in the ACC and admission standards are a little higher there. I don't know what their NIL situation is, but I think he's – I just don't think there's any shame in losing to Damon Stoudemire. Um, again, like college basketball is a long game. It's a slog, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you're just yeah. going to have – you know, you're going to have games where you shoot 30% from three. You're going to have games yep. where you turn the ball over a little bit more than normal. Like, it, it, it's just, you know, it's not really – I don't really so much care about one game sample sizes, right? It's patterns. It's weeks. It's stretches. You know, from North Carolina, you know, for Tennessee, it, it, I'm, I'm just like, it happens. You know what I mean? It just it, – this yeah. is, you can't, you're not going undefeated in college basketball. They're kids, man. They're kids. They're not pros. Uh, you got a couple of guys at every team that are going to play the next level. Uh, you got you got a few more that are going to go and play in Europe uh, or South America or China or Australia, whatever. And there's there's a line, there's a gap, there's a gap between the two leagues. Uh, and then you got some guys that are never going to play in either either spot. They're going to go be insurance salesmen, uh, broadcasters, right? So you can't. I mean, you're going to have nights where you just can't shoot. You're going to have nights where you're two of seventeen from three. It's just going to happen, it, it, and and you just hope it happens when there's already a game scheduled the next day, uh, and not when it's a winner go home. Because when when that happens, then that's how coaches get fired. It, it really is. I mean, we put way too much stock into it, but that's the reality of it. And I don't worry about Carolina. Uh, you know, they'll be there at the end. Tennessee will be they'll be a two seed. I don't worry about them. You know, they lost to uh, a decent South Carolina team, and and Georgia Tech's on the come, and there's not a whole lot of Scouting reports out there about Damon Stoudemire teams just yet, so I don't really worry about it. Well, they're coming, buddy, all right? And you could say, damn, my man John knew. My man John had it. Now, I mean, he's already beaten Duke and Carolina, so it's, I'm, I'm, a, I'm late to the party, but I would have told you that before the season started if we were ever talking about Georgia Tech, that Damon's going to do a damn good job there. Uh, and then the final top five team, RJ, that went down was Kentucky at home to Florida. I cannot believe – that in the year of 2024, John Vincent Calipari, of all freaking people, has not learned to foul up three. I no. just don't un- – like, he, like that's why Memphis doesn't have a national championship right now because he chose not to foul Mario Chalmers or mm. anybody, honestly, uh, and he makes that three. And last night, same situation, Kentucky's up three, doesn't foul. Walter Clayton drains it. 
or excuse me, earlier this week, Walter Clayton drains it, uh, and uh, and they lose in overtime, just like they did in the national championship game in 2008. Um, DJ Wagner didn't play. What do you make of this Kentucky team? It's it's young, and it sort of feels like it's starting to show the youth a little bit. Very talented. They got they got losses in them though, and this is a tough week, and it's going to be, continue to be a tough week because they play. Uh, they play a big game against Tennessee on Saturday, but this is this is a tough spot for them to be in. I don't think losing to Florida is the end of the world. Um, I think of the three losses, this is probably the worst, only because they had just lost the previous game, right? And there was no right. lesson learned from that. You know, like it, it, if you if you lose and you overlook an opponent, and then another unranked opponent comes into your building and does it again, that's a systematic situation. Uh, if you lose to um, you know, if they had just lost to, you know, Tennessee loses to South Carolina and then they go lose to Kentucky. Well, shoot, man, you lost to Kentucky, right? They're a top 10 team, not a big deal, but you back up yep. a loss to an unranked team with a loss to an unranked team. And now there's something wrong. Something's not right within those walls. And I thought this was different because Cal very early on in the year, loved these guys. Like he felt like he, he really, he bought into this team early. Every Kentucky fan will tell you, man, he's, he really likes these guys. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, it, I don't know, how's it feel now? Yeah, that was just, to me, that was just uh, a really – I thought the defense was really poor last night, and then I thought the decision not to foul up three was really poor. Everybody's doing that now. Analytically, everybody's – it's the right move. And of all people to know the difference, it should be <clears throat> John Calipari. I, I still think Kentucky's a good buy low. I mean, this is a pretty good value point for them um, in terms of if you want to, because I think they're a team that can lose in the first round for sure or the second round, or they can win it all. I think the range of outcomes for them is pretty damn wide. Um, and so when you're talking about flyers, I kind of like the, those kind of teams because there's talent. There's talent, and Cal has. I mean, Cal has experience as he gets in college basketball. So, look, it's it, it's discouraging because it had you know it, it it was too straight. But brother, I'm in Memphis where they have lost four in a row. You want to talk about the discouraging going mm. from the top ten, top ten 16 days ago to now you're out of the friggin' tournament. You were all that up on it. Insanely, you were all up on them. You were buying in. I was. And then you know what? And we we unfortunately gonna have to get to other things. It's the it's the peril of filling your roster out with exclusive transfer portal guys, because you're you're paying these guys to come in. They don't have any connection to your school, and they're there for one thing, and that's to to get paid. Like they don't care about necessarily winning the tournament. They don't care about getting to the tournament. They're just sort of there for self. Again, when you're talking about ten guys, which is what Memphis brought in, ten different guys from the portal. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot do that and expect to have sustained success in this day and age, man. It's just not going to happen. So, I mean, you can pick four or five, you know, but I think once you get outside of that, you're asking a lot. Um, Your culture then I think becomes kind of transitory, and it goes out with those guys. So (laughs) it's a cautionary tale for me. Pick the best, two, three, four, five, but be very careful uh, and be very picky because all those guys have a reason as to why they're transferring. Don't forget that. Uh, all right, lots more to come here on the show. We're going to get into some hires in college football uh, at Michigan now that Jim Harbaugh is gone and more. You're watching BetQLU on the BetQL Network. We'll be back after this. All right, we're back. Welcome back to BetQLU. So nice. You got to say it twice. 
I'm John Martin. He's RJ Choppy. Um, normally, uh, we are going to be talking college basketball as it's you know February and college football is over. But occasionally, when there is news, we certainly would will get to that news in college football. And the news of the past week is that Jim Harbaugh is leaving for the NFL. Signed a five-year contract, uh, 16 M's a year. Uh, great for him. Everybody seems to have crowned the Chargers already. Uh, I will I will reserve judgment, uh, although I know his NFL success is obviously well-documented. But Michigan decided to just promote from within. Uh, Sharon Moore is going to be taking over for Jim Har- Harbaugh, former OC, offensive line coach. He was he was the interim when Harbaugh was uh, suspended, 5-0 and as the interim this season. Uh, was named as a finalist for the Broyles Award. And, of course, like I think most people probably like remember him the most after the Ohio State win. You know, when he was crying and kind of acting mm-hmm. like Jim Harbaugh had died and saying, like, this is for him. <laughs> uh, but, but, RJ, what do you uh, – it felt like, given the sort of timing, right, it felt like this is probably the only way they could go. Uh, but what do you make of that hire for Michigan? Look, I think they did the best they could have done. They were very late to the party. Uh, we, we've seen we've seen situations where you get into January and a guy will leave and you have to make a hire. You know, USC lost Pete Carroll in January and they were able to go and get Lane Kiffin. They got a power five guy. Um, and it didn't really work out for Lane in South in Southern Cal, but, you know, like it was a big name. And, and he recruited fairly well. This is, um, again, like I, I don't know where else they could have gone because of the timing. I, I right. think sometimes right. some jobs, a lot of times, you know, they'll just like uh, elevate an assistant, and that's fine. That sometimes works, and sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, it's, it's very hard to replace the guy. And oftentimes those guys are the guy because they're special. And people under them may not be special because they're just touching – their greatness every day in the in, in, in the offices. I, I have no idea about Coach Moore. I don't know what kind of coach he is. I don't know what kind of recruiter he's going to be when he's the head guy. I don't know. Are people clamoring to go play for Michigan because of Michigan or Jim Harbaugh? You know, and that right. was the that's the question. You gotta, what's what's Alabama going to do? You know, Alabama for I mean, everybody thinks that they got a a much more seasoned hire because they did, mm-hmm. it, but. Are people going to line up to go play for Alabama? You know, when Bear Bryant left, it didn't work for Ray Perkins. It didn't work for Bill Curry. Um, it didn't work for uh, DeBose. It didn't work for Shula or mm-hmm. Coach Fran. So it's not it, – there's no guarantee this is going to work. Right. It's hard, man, um, because, you know, I'm, I'm in Memphis and I'm living it now. I, I saw it when Mike Norvell left Memphis for – uh, Florida State, Memphis promoted Ryan Silverfield from within, uh, the the offensive line coach and run game coordinator. And although he's done fine, he's not Mike Norvell. And like every time he stubs his toe or doesn't win a big game or whatever, the fans get really restless. You know, they get really upset by it. Um, and so I think that's what Sharon is going to have to – that's what that's going to be his biggest hurdle is, like, fans are going to have to understand that he's not Harbaugh, you know. Um, and and obviously I think it's 
it's it's an obvious point, but it's critical. Yeah. Who's he going to hire for his staff? Like, what's that going to look like? Is he going to retain most of those guys? Is he got you know? I just don't I don't know the answer. Um, I, I think it's very difficult to make a big judgment on him because, I mean, that team was was loaded. You know, I mean, he is so acting as an interim with a loaded team. You know, what does that show us? What is that? Um, right. You know, so I it, it's hard for me to say one way or the other, RJ, honestly, like if if Michigan's going to maintain, I, I would just say, I, I guess I doubt it. I doubt yeah, that, I mean, you know, it's going to be what it was. Right. Like, it does, I mean, Ohio State kind of wants to get rid of, rid of Ryan Day. I mean, he followed Urban Meyer. He, he just kind of promoted within. Did it, has it worked? Has it really worked for Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame? Just promoted from within. Um, I'll tell you, it did work. It, it worked at Boise when Hawkins left. They just elevated Chris Peterson, who was the OC. But Boise's a little bit different than those other programs. For one, mm-hmm. they have a talent advantage everywhere they go because of where they play or where they you know, the conference yeah. they used to play in. But also, you know, Boise was different. Like people went to Boise because. They couldn't academically a lot of times get into UCLA, USC, Cal, Stanford, Washington, Oregon. They wanted to be. They had. They had some kind of uh, academic issue, and they're like, "Hey, I want to play the, in a place that is a good program." And they flocked to Boise. I mean, there's tons of examples of players that did that. I mean, they owned California, and some of the kids that couldn't necessarily make some of the grades to get into Stanford and play at Stanford or Cal. Is Michigan going to do that? Michigan's not going to do that. They they don't operate like that. They they don't they don't operate that way. So Notre Dame doesn't operate that way. It's a little bit different, right? It is. So I mean, my 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 guess is it's just not going to go. I mean, what 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 is it? It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's fair, right? I think that's another question. Is like, what is what is a fair and reasonable? Because it's not national championship, is it? I mean, is it is it is like, should you expect Sharon Moore to be, I guess, in the twelve team playoff now? Maybe, I don't know. I think that's the that's what I would be trying to you know grapple with. Is like, what is a fair and reasonable expectation for him? There are about 
25 to 30 programs that feel they need to be in the 12-team playoff at, at, at worst every three years. At yeah. worst. Otherwise, you're gone. And you can run down the list, and you can basically, you you know, I mean, everybody in the SEC, with the exception of, like, you know, Vandy and South Carolina or whatever, Mississippi State maybe, the rest of them are like, you got, you got to be in every three years. Otherwise, you're gone. You just are. And that's just the tough spot they're going to be in. The you know, the 12-team playoff is great for the fans. It's probably terrible for coaches. Yeah. It's probably, it probably yeah. makes the, 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 the least shorter. Uh, Michigan is nine to one to win it all next year over at BetMGM, and I I could not hate that yeah. any more than I do. I mean, that's I, a Larry, I just could that's not. a Larry Coker title right there. Yeah, I, I just I just can't I can't get behind that at all. Um, like all all that they're replacing, I mean, I don't I don't like that at all. So they they will not be seeing any. Anybody for me? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. The, the better question for me, like to me, is like from the Harbaugh standpoint, is like he's been out of the league for what ten years? I mean, it's been a long time, longer actually. Um, and people just assume, you know, when he's back in the NFL, that it's just going to be an instantaneous success for him, right. despite the fact that the Chargers are in cap hell. Uh, and despite the fact that the game has changed a lot from since you know since from when he was in it, uh, so I'm curious. Do you believe? I know this is outside of college football, but we are talking about Harbaugh. Do you believe that he's going to go to the Chargers and be able to compete and win AFC West titles with Mahomes and Sean Payton in that division? The Mahomes factor is tough. I mean, like you're gonna you're gonna have to have me convinced that he's going to be able to split at least at worst every year with the with the Chiefs and then win enough games to uh get home field cuz you're not and, and and what is home field for the Chargers anyway I mean, they're in a yep. tough division right they're just yep. in a brutal division um it's going to be really really difficult for him to match what he had in San Fran plus he wears on guys his stuff uh, the who's got it better than us you think it's going to work in an NFL locker room I don't know that it is I know it maybe yeah. it did for a little bit but he was only in San Fran for four years. That's it. He he wore guys down. I, I don't know that it's going to work in the NFL. It might, but he needs his yep. quarterback to hit. And right now, his quarterback's just a bad decision maker, man. That's all Herbert is, yep. is a bad decision maker. Yeah, I don't uh, – I, I, I just don't think it's going to be as – for those reasons, I just don't, I just don't think it's going to be as – much of a surefire thing as most people believe it will be, but we, sh- I mean, the guy, the guy won everywhere he was in the NFL and honestly everywhere he's ever been college or NFL. Yeah. So why would this, why would this be any different? The other teams that are ahead of Michigan, by the way, uh, Georgia, Bama, Texas, Oregon of those four, who do you like? Do you like any of those teams? You know, I do like Texas. I like Quinn. I like Quinn Ewers, yeah. uh, and then if he gets hurt, I mean, I like Arch. I, 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 I Bama, I don't get it, man. Like they lost a ton of people. Yeah, and they lost everything ton. with Saban, right? I mean, they lost everything. Yeah. They lost their aura. They lost their players. Um, I, I, I like George. I mean, I think George is really, really good. I know they lost a couple of people, but 
I think they're a really solid team. So I would probably, if I was going to touch anybody, uh, honestly, Oregon's good too. I think Oregon's got a really nice shot, a nice shot too as well. Um, yeah, I would probably say Georgia, Texas, Oregon with the three that I would touch uh, money wise on that. And those of those six teams you mentioned. Yeah, it's just hard because it's like all these teams are in new leagues now, and so it's like you just, you know, you're what what you thought you maybe knew about certain teams. You, it's like it's like I need to, you know, I don't know, I don't yeah. know that it's the 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 entire sort of calculus changes for some of those teams. Real quick, while we're on the subject of coaches in college football, uh, uh, the the Boston College coach uh, Jeff Halfley left Boston College to go be the new Packers defensive coordinator. Um, and you know, people are talking about NIL and they're talking about, uh, you know, this is going to be, what, what did you think of, of Jeff leaving for, uh, for the Green Bay job? I heard some people say, you know, does this mean that the Green Bay Packer defensive coordinator job is a better job than the Boston college head coach? And it might be, it might be, but Mm -hmm. I think this says less about the quality of the job and more about the quality of life. Being a college football coach today or a college athletics coach, is a drag. Yep, You have to recruit players, and then you have to kiss the butt of your own players, and then you have to recruit your players that you already have on your roster, and then you've got to hit the transfer portal. Like, it never stops. And if I'm Lincoln Riley, who's had overtures for the NFL, it's like, dude, go to the NFL. Why would anybody want to go to college today? I don't even think it's the NIL the money, it's the portal, dude. The portal, you're having to recruit your own players to stay there. You've got to convince them to stay. Dude, could you imagine walking home and having to convince your spouse to not leave you every day? How What a nightmare that is. That's what you've got to do as a college athletics coach. You've got to convince these kids every day that moving to the other house is not the better option. Every day, I, I think they want out of it. I there's no question about it, especially at a job like Boston College, man, where it's very uh, thankless. It's a hard job. You're not getting nil. I think it's like a, it's it's sort of a cautionary tale. I think in a way for like where does a where does a program like Boston College right fit in into the new universe into the new landscape. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's a question that a lot of programs are going to have to ask themselves, you know, over the next, you know, five, 10 years, as this all continues to change, where do we fit in? Like, are we just going to keep losing money on this? Is it going to, you know, is it going to help us get to another, um, you know, level? Probably not for Boston college. So why not just focus on basketball only? I'm just, I, I think that's going to be a conversation that continues to be had at a lot of programs you know, over the next, you know, five to 10 years as this all takes shape. So uh, anyway, yes, saw that and um, definitely wanted to ask you about it. Okay, we have a lot more to get to. Absolutely massive slate in college basketball this weekend. We'll touch on that and more when we get back. You're watching BetQLU on the BetQL Network. Back after this. All right, welcome back to BetQL right here on the BetQL, excuse me, BetQLU on the BetQL network. We have a huge slate of games this weekend. All, uh, of course, lines courtesy of Kimpom Projections, but we've got one, two, three, 
four top 10 matchups and a slew of other really good games as well to boot. Let's just kind of work our way down the top 10 games, RJ, to start. Houston on the road at Kansas. Ken Palm has this projected minus five. I would be surprised if that is what the actual number is, RJ. I just feel like that's going to be too many. Um, and I think you're going to see some Kansas money immediately if that is what the number is. What do you think yeah, about Houston, tough. though? I mean, they, they went on the road. They just beat Texas on the road. They're a tough-ass team, as usual. Mm-hmm. They are. They are. Texas Texas can um, they could blow a game, uh, and they could beat good teams. I mean, they've, they've got some quality wins this year. Texas beat, you know, Baylor and Oklahoma back-to-back. Uh, those are good teams. But – and they had Houston on the ropes. They yeah. had – they had them on the ropes. They didn't match their energy, uh, especially in the first half of that game. They did not match the yeah, energy. First half, that. Brutal, yeah, yeah. Second half, they were they were they were tremendous, uh, and then they blew it. There was a, I mean, they they were ready to run them out of the building, and there was a stretch uh, in the middle of that one. It took maybe forty five seconds, and Houston went on like an eight zero run, and it was like, okay, here we go. But um, I think Houston's very very good. Are they five better than Kansas on the road? I don't know, man. I'm not taking. I would probably take Kansas as a home dog five points just about any time. I don't think you're going to get five, though. I just don't think you're no. going to get that. And uh, if that's what it opens at, I will be on Kansas. Um, all respect to Houston. Uh, I mean, I just think that you know, you're know you giving me two-plus possessions with Kansas at home. I mean, Kansas is still a good team. Maybe they're not as good as we thought they were to start the season. But they're still a, a damn good team with you know elite point guard play and some guys yeah. who can really fill it up. So also let's see what it has with Kevin McCullough as well. Need to monitor that situation. All right, moving on down the list. Duke coming off of a big win on the road at Virginia Tech, a decisive win at Virginia Tech. Now going on the road to North Carolina, where Kim Palm projects North Carolina as a six point favorite. Uh, can you back the home favorite? Uh, after a letdown, uh, RJ, at Georgia Tech. Man, I thought that was a classic look-ahead kind of game, that Georgia Tech game, a little trap game on the road. Um, I would probably lean Duke in the points, but I think Carolina's going to win the game. I think Carolina's going to win the game, but I don't know, man. I, it's, I, I don't trust them. I don't trust Carolina enough to cover. You know, they could – this, this looks like a backdoor cover to me. This is one of those games that Carolina's up like eight or 11 most of the second half or the second half of the second half. And then Duke will get a basket or something and cover this thing on the backside. I, I, I think it's, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with paying six if that's what it is. Um, but I will, I am not high on Duke. I think Duke is really reliant on Filipowski. Um, pretty much to do everything for them. And their guard play is kind of hit or miss for me, you know? Like, I'm just not sold on them. So I like North Carolina in this spot coming off the L, and I will lay the points. Um, Six is probably my outer range, but I think this is one they get done at the house. Uh, All right, Tennessee uh, on the road at Kentucky. Top 10 matchup here. Uh, projected Tennessee as a road favorite minus two. Can we interest you, RJ, in laying the two for Tennessee? Um, 
Look, I think if they're going to win the game, they'll win by two or more. That's, that's a low number, right? So that's one of those things that whoever you think is going to win. It's going to be hard to win by anything other than that just yeah. based on it, the on basketball, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so if you think Tennessee's <laughs> going to win, they're a better team, then you take the two. I, uh, You know, I might be more apt to um, take the under, 158. Uh-huh. Than I am the actual points. I mean, Tennessee's defense yeah. is still really, really good, really, really good, and their offense is solid. But like we've said, they could put up a stinker on you. I think I'd be more up to take the under um, than than anything on the point total because I could see either team winning. I could see Tennessee going in there and winning that game. Right. I could see Kentucky right. running them out of the gym. I really could. I mean, Kentucky could get on a downhill spurt. I think the under is what hits. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I think if you're giving me two with Kentucky, I'd probably be more inclined to back them at home. Um, you know, just as, you know, both teams obviously coming off a loss, but I think I'd, I'd like the spot a little bit more for Kentucky at home, getting points. Again, sometimes like, sometimes Ken Palm and the market aren't actually as close as you might think. So I don't think Kentucky's going to be an underdog, actually. Um I think there's a pretty good chance that Kentucky's minus one, one and a half, and it's flipped. But uh, we shall see. And then the final uh, top ten matchup on Saturday, Purdue at Wisconsin. Purdue minus one at Wisconsin, which I got to say, like, they are playing some damn good basketball, that Wisconsin team is. Purdue Mm -hmm. survives, obviously, earlier this week against Northwestern, took overtime, and they got 500 free throws. Uh, Purdue minus one, though. Are you feeling a, 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 a win here? by the Badgers, RJ? You know, I'm not. I saw both these teams uh, play Tennessee this year, and Tennessee went to Wisconsin and won by 10, and they got beat by Purdue. It was a close game with Purdue, but Purdue beat them by single digits, but it was closer. It was like nine points. I think I think Purdue wins this one. I, I think I know Wisconsin's played much better basketball since when I saw them early on in the season. Uh but this, I, I, I just think we are looking at a Purdue, and we're, we're thinking more along the lines of how are they going to do in, in March, as opposed to what they are now. And I think they're a very, very good team. I think they're probably the best team. Uh, so I, I'm just, I, I'm going to stay at Purdue. That's a low number. I'll take Purdue. Yeah, and and obviously. Um... It's we, – we, yeah, we, we shall see. Uh, I, I think I agree with you, though, especially with the way that Purdue is or isn't officiated. So that's kind of the – that's the hard part for me in terms of trying to – you know, if, if Edie's going to sort of get to the line every time and, and they you know, people can't guard him just because of the whistle, then, yeah, they're going to win a lot of games. All right, there are a few other games that aren't top ten matchups that are interesting, RJ. Uh Number one, UConn at St. John's. UConn minus four. Uh, Ken Palm projected on the road. I will say, man, like that feels short to me. That feels like a short number to me. Um, I would be all over UConn if it's four. Yeah, absolutely. If it's only four, I, I would. I would probably be on it. Anything less than seven five, um, maybe even a little bit higher. I, I think UConn is. They're a juggernaut, man. They they seem to have hit their stride, and we'll see them in March, dude. Like they are ready. And then St. John's is I, St. John's is not not ready to win yet. They're not. They have nine new players in, from the portal. You know, eventually they'll get there. But you know, I think it's every tough. every sports better um, 
probably has this, and Yukon is that for me. I have put my hand on the Yukon stove too many times. I was like, unfortunately, on the wrong side of them the entire NCAA tournament last year. I remember fading them against um, Arkansas. I faded them against Gonzaga, and then after they and then after they they covered both those games, I was like stubborn as hell. I'm like, I'm gonna fade them every game the rest of the way, and they're gonna like they're gonna eventually not cover. So I think it was like Miami took Miami. I got smacked down. Um, and then whoever they played in the final four, I can't, I, maybe that was Miami. I can't remember, but I just faded them every game, including the championship game against San Diego state. And they just, yeah. they bankrupted me, man. They bankrupted yeah. me. And so I was fading them again this year. And I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to bet on UConn every time. I'm never fading them again. Just not doing it. Dude, they're, they're a very good team. They've got everything you could possibly ask for out of a team that can make a run in, in the tournament. Like there is nothing not to like uh, about UConn. So yeah, I, I, if it's only four, I can't, and I can't imagine it is. I'm going to double that. Even if it's eight, I'll still take them. Well, we talked about UConn, you know, maybe a month and a half ago when Chris was still with us and we were talking about like our, everybody had their futures and, you know, UConn is like, to me, the most bankable team. I mean, in a, in a, in a year where it's like, okay, do we really trust Purdue in the tournament? No. Arizona is very streaky. Um, I mean, UConn's still sitting around, you know, 10 to 1. Um, what, what are they right now? What, are, what, are, what I would like to know what their odds to win it all are. Um, oh, it's, but yeah, they're I mean, good it's, odds, it, man. They're good odds. They're, yeah, uh, I mean, I like right. when, they have, when, they, when they have Klingon in, there's you know, not plus 950. I mean, basically 10 to 1 uh, on BetMGM, you know. Like, well, they have Klingon in the game, and they have Tristan Newton, one of the best guards in the country. Again, anything can happen in a tournament. It's wacky. That's the way this stuff goes. But honest to God, I just don't know if there's any, another team that I believe in more than them right now. Uh, a couple of other here, a couple of others here, RJ. Auburn on the road at Ole Miss. Ole Miss coming off of a big win over Mississippi State at home. Auburn, uh, in their rivalry, did lose to Alabama. Uh, but Auburn projected as a six-point favorite at Ole Miss. Uh, any interest in this game, RJ? Yes. I love Ole Miss. I love Ole Miss this one, man. Auburn has played a big barrel of nobody this year. Yeah. And I, yeah. they are I – mean, I, I know they've won. I know they've won big, and they might win this game. But Ole Miss is a good team. Uh, I, I think Ole Miss covers the six-ish. Yeah, I think uh, I think I agree. I mean, I like Auburn generally speaking. Um, I truly do, um, but I just don't think it's a great spot. I don't think it's a great spot, and I will say for Ole Miss, you know, they kind of play the same way as Auburn plays, right? They're very guard oriented. Mm-hmm. I know Auburn does kind of play through Janai Broom, but you know, it's it's a lot of a lot of their guards, and that's what Ole Miss wants to do. Uh, what's the total here? One fifty. Give me the over too. Give me the over. That is going yeah. to be a shootout. Uh, and I, that's like one of the underrated games that I'm looking forward to this weekend because you know, I know I know that they got a big win over um, again, uh, over Auburn. Alabama did, and they're leading the SEC. But I still think this is an Auburn team that's going to be heard from uh, in the SEC when it's all said and done and probably the rest of the country. 
All right, that's going to do it for us today here on BetQLU, this week's edition of the show. Appreciate everybody making us a very small part of their week. Hope you got some stuff here that can help you make some bets this weekend. And uh, as always, we will be back next week talking all things college basketball. Uh, Find us on YouTube, on the Odyssey Sports page. Download the Odyssey app on Twitch. We are so easy to find. Uh, Catch us every week here on the BetQL Network. For RJ Choppy, I'm John Martin. Appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll see you next week.